This is Christian Questions. Theodore Roosevelt once said, There is only one quality worse than hardness of heart, and that is softness of head. <laughs> Just ponder on that for a moment. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And folks, we're truly glad you've chosen to spend some time with us here on this fine Sunday morning. Good morning, Jonathan. What's happening? Good morning, Rick. Our question for this morning is, how do we develop endurance? And the theme text is found in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. So, here's the thing. Life has become quick and easy. Think about it. We, we have instant coffee, instant oatmeal, Instagram, instant messenger, fast food, jiffy or quick loop, and while you wait service. We can't instantly see our photos, instantly send and receive our mail. We can instantly buy or sell something online and instantly see, oh, I don't know, 75 different versions of what's happening in the world. <laughs> I think that in many ways, we have forgotten what it's like to work for something, to toil, to engage, and to fight through adversity for the sake of something that is not instant. I'm talking about endurance. We have forgotten the absolute and almost miraculous sustaining power of endurance. What is endurance? And how can we get some of that? (laughs) (laughs) Folks, that's what we're talking about this morning. Endurance. What is it? How can we find it? How can we apply it to our Christian lives? Where can we look to find examples of endurance? Because it is an absolute key, not only to Christianity, but to life in general. You're right. So that's where we're focusing uh, this morning. This is one of those uh, subjects that hopefully you walk away from feeling charged up and ready to conquer something. Yes. That, that's, our, that's our objective as we, as we get started with this. So let's go through a little bit of groundwork here for endurance. What is endurance? So let's give a a dictionary definition just to to get it on the table. Permanence, duration, the ability to withstand hardship of adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort – or activity. Okay, and, and that gives you a real good sense. And I, and I really like the very first definition when you said permanence or duration. Mm-hmm. Endurance is permanence. There's, yeah. there's a sense of if you are have endurance, there's a permanence to where you are and what you do and how you do it and what your mindset is. Absolutely. Okay, so endurance, and when you think of endurance, at least when I think of endurance, one of the things that I often go to is the the idea of perseverance. Yeah, very similar. Right. So what what does perseverance mean? Continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. And there's, there's a 
there, there's a million really great examples of endurance and perseverance, and we're gonna we're gonna be focusing on one specific throughout the program today. But just just as as an example, in the past we've talked a little bit about um, Viktor Frankl. He was a uh, a uh, in a concentration camp during uh, World War II, and uh, he not only survived but afterwards was able to thrive. He was a picture of endurance and perseverance under great, great, great physical, mental, and emotional stress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at something like this and say, well, how did he do that? Really? And there are factors to him doing that that we're going to talk about today in terms of our own lives and having that enduring factor in, in the living of our, our Christian lives. So, folks, it's about endurance today. Let's just take a moment. Let's go to a soundbite from Livestrong.com on how to build endurance. And this is all about running. And we're going to be doing a lot of focusing on running today because running is a very good example. It's also a scriptural example. So we're talking marathon here. Well, we're talking marathon. We're talking about training. We're talking about development. We're talking about how do you get yourself prepared to run the race. And so this is a very short um, building endurance um, uh, video that was on YouTube. Hi, my name is Tim Borland. Today we're going to talk about how to build endurance. We can also call this how to go the distance. Uh, building endurance is a uh, is definitely a slow, gradual process. Uh, building endurance can mean a lot of things to different people. Endurance could be being able to run five miles or ten miles or twenty miles, uh, whatever it might be to you. But really, the uh, the process in getting to the place where you can run, uh, you know, extended miles is is going to be a slow, gradual process. So that's the first the first lesson in endurance is uh, you know we can talk about it and uh, you know it said something about you know you want you want people to get charged up so that so they're going to wake up tomorrow and say okay I've got endurance <laughs> it's just not no. going to work <laughs> so if you're thinking that you know let's back up and let's start again good morning and welcome to Christian questions <laughs> this is a step by step process yes. if you want to have real true heartfelt deep life changing endurance. You've got to work through the developmental process step by step by step, and it, it, it's, it, it takes endurance to build endurance is really what it boils <laughs> down to. So, so let's just take a look at a little bit of a scriptural basis for what role does endurance play in the life of a Christian. So we're going to start actually, Jonathan, with the context of our theme scripture. We're going to go Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so, so, so pause right there for a second, because that states a simple fact that I think sometimes gets overlooked. It's so simple. It says that justification, if we've been justified, and to be justified means made right. That's right. In God's sight. Mm-hmm. We, if we've been justified, we've been made right in God's sight, that means we have peace with God. Which means we didn't have peace with God before the process of being justified. We were at odds. Right. So how do you become justified? It's by faith through Jesus. It's, right. It's not because you're so good. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's really sure. not because you're so good. <laughs> but it really is because we are so focused on following after Christ and allowing his ransom to pay the price of our sins. So the simple fact in Romans 5 verse 1 is justification brings peace with God. Okay, so let's, let's continue. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exalt in the hope 
of the glory of God. All right, so now there in, in verse 2 is another fact. God's peace brings his grace. And what grace and, that and, is. And when you say in grace, the, the definition of grace is unmerited favor. Yeah, we d- didn't deserve it. So you're made right with God, mm-hmm. and then you're given, you have peace, and then you're given unmerited favor. Mm-hmm. See, now if you, if you are made right and you're given that unmerited favor, you don't deserve it, but you're given it to, it's given to you anyway. These facts now enable us to engage our hearts uh, in, in the process. And that's what it's talking about. That's how we can exalt in the hope of glory. You know, you can engage your heart. Exaltation is not necessarily a mental thing. It's a heart thing. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go on to the next verse. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which was given to us. So now, if, if you pause there for a second and say, wait a minute now. So you're talking about, okay, great. Simple fact. Justification brings peace with God. Mm-hmm. Simple fact. God's peace brings his grace. Now we can engage our hearts. And now the next verse is, and now we can exult in our tribulations. What fun is Woo-hoo! that? <laughs> and you say, wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop. I didn't want to go that far. But see, that's part of the whole process that we're talking about and it brings up the idea that tribulation brings perseverance and proven character too and so perseverance is the key that unlocks proven character which unlocks hope Hope. which doesn't disappoint right and so forth and so on so there's a key here and it's in perseverance so what does perseverance mean in this scripture sort of related to the 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 dictionary definition of, of endurance so what's perseverance mean here cheerful endurance Constancy. Okay. So it simply means cheerful endurance. Now think about this for a second because um, in, in a lot of translations of this, the, this verse, mm-hmm. the word for perseverance is often translated patience. Ah, that's interesting. But when you bring patience into the picture, you're missing something in the English language that the Greek language was trying to tell us. Cheerful endurance is so different Cheerful. than patience. Patience, sometimes we think, okay, I'll, okay. I'll get through this. Yeah, I'll be patient. <laughs> okay, is he done yet? I'll be patient. It's okay. I'll be patient. I'll be... Cheerful endurance is the endurance with this, this sense of accepting yes. whatever it is with a positive outlook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And w- where even the difficulties you're looking at through, through the lens of, of, of God's positive overruling. Right. How can this experience help me be more Christ-like? Right. And you're, you're seeing it as good. Yes. And, and you have that, that, that upbeat sort of, sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. The word for, for perseverance in, in that particular case actually comes from uh, another Greek word that's very, very similarly related. And we're going to come back to these two words. What does this other word mean? To stay under. All right. So to undergo, to bear up under trials, to stay under the weight. So in other words, you're, you're cheerfully staying under the weight of what you're dealing with. Yes. All right. We're going to be using a movie, a 1981 movie, uh, as a an example of endurance. The movie is Chariots of Fire. Uh, it's about two runners. Uh, there is one of, of Jewish descent, Harold Abrahams, and there is a Christian runner. And this is a true story. Um, and they both, uh, Eric Little. Eric Little was from Scotland. Um, 
And they both ran for Great Britain in the 1924 Olympics. Now, the 1924 Olympics was the first Olympics after World War I. So it was a very big, big event. It was reestablishing brotherhood in the world and all of that. And these were two guys who came to the Olympics from very different perspectives, and they were both sprinters. And they were both really, really at the top of their game. So we're going to be looking in on Eric Little and his perspective, because he was a missionary. He was a deeply devoted Christian. So in this first soundbite, he's talking to his sister uh, about his running, because she's like, you know, you shouldn't be running. You know, you should be focusing on God's work. I'm really disappointed in all of this. So listen to his, his, his observations about who and what he is. So where does the power come from to see the race to its end from within? Jenny, I believe God made me for a purpose. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Folks, if you've never seen the movie, I would encourage you to see it. I will tell you this. By the standards of movies today, you might look at it as well. You know, there's not a whole lot going on because there's no, no special effects. There's right? no special effects. There's no swearing. There's no sex. It's a plain old good, true story about endurance. But it is so inspirational. It is. It's an absolute inspiration, especially from a Christian perspective, for what this young man did uh, in the 1924 Olympics, which we'll get to in a moment. But his point was, you know, God made me for a purpose, but he made me fast. And when I run, I feel like I'm, I'm expressing what God gave to me. And there's something very valuable about that, and we'll, we'll develop that as we go through the program. But, but Jonathan, to live with endurance, with perseverance, is a head and a heart decision. Together. It's both. Okay. To truly endure, we have to first have a clear intellectual perception of the why for our need for endurance. You've got to know why. That's in your head. Yeah. Secondly, you also must have a heart that is fully committed to that why. A heart that willingly pours itself out because of that why. The how of endurance will come once these two elements are firmly in place. So endurance, to live with endurance and perseverance, is a head and a heart decision. Endurance is a life changing experience if we apply endurance to our lives our lives can change and we can can our lives can be elevated to a level that is higher and much more god honoring this is christian questions i'm jonathan here with rick our subject this morning how do we develop endurance coming up so why do you as a christian want to develop endurance what are you striving for what's your why that's next You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how do we develop endurance? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. Or you can message us on your app. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now. And our website, 
ChristianQuestions.com. And don't forget to sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition. That is such a great service. And, and, and Jonathan, I was actually speaking with, uh, with a listener on the phone yesterday. Uh, and occasionally we get the opportunity to do that. Somebody writes in and, you know, it, they've been affected by, by Christian questions. And occasionally you get the chance to actually talk to somebody at length. Nice. And this individual was just, he just was so excited and thankful for CQ Rewind, the full edition, because it helped him to figure out how to study the Bible and have it really make sense. So it's a great, great service. It's a free service. You can sign up for it through your app or through ChristianQuestions.com. Um, so, so Jonathan, let's get down to this endurance. How do we develop endurance? What's your why? What, yeah, if you don't know why, you won't want to figure out how. Good point. Okay, it really is. It, it's that simple. Now, what kinds of experiences we're going to get to developing your why or our why throughout this uh, this segment and this program? But um, let's start with the kinds of experience that stimulate the building of endurance in our characters. And let's go to uh, James chapter one, verses two to four. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So that word endurance here is just like the word for perseverance in Romans chapter 5, mm-hmm. and that word means cheerful endurance. Not just getting through it, but cheerfully getting through the experience. That's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, the tests and trials of your life. In, enjoy it. Be, well, be positive. Wait, wait. How, how do you enjoy? Uh, yeah. yeah. How do you enjoy the trials of your life? What you do is you see the reason for them as the enjoyment. The trials are hard and they're yes. difficult and they're nasty yep. and and sometimes even cruel. Yeah. But but the idea is to see the reason for it. You know, our trials, our difficulties in life are brought on by the circumstances of our humanness. Yes. And they beg for endurance, for it's in these very experiences that we can, we must. As Christians realize the reality of our faith with a long-term endurance-based approach. And that's the key. It's a long-term endurance-based approach. That's what Christianity is supposed to be. Yes. It's not supposed to be. Is it? Right. It's not supposed to be everything's coming to you and your life is going to be made more easy. No. It's supposed to be everything is going out from you and your footstep following of Jesus. It's sacrifice. Uh, Let's go back to uh, Eric Little. In the movie Chariots of Fire, 1981 movie that came out. Now, here's the situation with Eric Little. He was an incredible runner, incredible athlete, and he was an incredible Christian. And he um, was uh, qualified for the Olympic team. And the one of the heats for the 100-meter race that he was supposed to run. Which he, that was his best that, race. That was his, right? yes, it was. It oh, was okay. his best event. One of the heats for the race was on Sunday. And Eric... Little, the Christian, uh, said basically, I won't do it. I won't run in that heat I, because I will not run on a Sunday. Sunday, he kept was, would say, is the Sabbath. That's where, what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be worshiping God and resting that day. I don't run on the Sabbath. Wow. This the, is the Olympics. This is the Olympics. And he's saying no to his race. Right, to his race. Because of his integrity. Because of his integrity and because of his faith. Okay. And so he stood up against the entire Olympic system for the sake of his Faith. religious belief. Wow. And so this next soundbite 
is he's actually giving a sermon on the Sunday that he was supposed to be running because he doesn't run, he doesn't violate his conscience. And so, you know, this takes place in a church while the Olympics are actually going on. And this actually happened. He actually did give a sermon uh, during the Olympics. I don't know if it actually was that particular Sunday, but he did give a Sunday sermon during the Olympics. So let's just listen to a quick part of this. My text this afternoon is taken from Isaiah, chapter 40. Behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket and are counted as the small dust in the balance. All nations before him are as nothing. They are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. He bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as a vanity. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? And we'll get to more of that sermon, but you know, the, 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 wow. com- the comparison is, you know, the nations are really nothing before God. And that was his whole point. And the, the point of it is it took a, an incredible amount of perseverance and endurance to stand up against the incredible political pressure to, oh, come on, just this one time. Can't you do it for, you're going to be glorifying God because you're going to be standing up for your country. Isn't that what you came here for? Wow. So it was an amazing amount of pressure. That is. And this is a true story. This is an absolutely true story. So as we go through the, the, the concept of endurance, he's a great individual to focus on to, to find the inspiration to, to find endurance because his conviction started long before the Olympics and lasted long after the mm-hmm. Olympics. So let's look at some of the reasons for our trials and afflictions. And folks, if you have a thought on endurance and your why, What's your why for your Christianity that, that, that provokes you to have that endurance? We'd love to hear from you at 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now. Christian Questions, a voice of reason in a world that's lost its way. Keep in touch at ChristianQuestions.com. Okay, so... Some of the reasons for our trials and afflictions. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 7 to 13. We're not going to read all of the verses. but It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. So what this is saying is if you are a child of God... You must therefore be disciplined by God, and you have to endure through that discipline. Otherwise, you're not really a child of God. But the discipline comes from love, because that's what God is. And we can call him Abba Father. Yes. A, a, a childlike daddy uh, appreciation. Right. And, and the role of the father in accordance with this scripture, is to lovingly guide and direct their children and correct them when needed, when they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so for some of us, that's a daily event. <laughs> I just might add that, all right? But let's continue. He disciplines us for our good so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, 
Afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So this is exactly the the the, the process. It uh, it's not fun. It's not good. It's not something that you want to cheerfully endure. But it do, you need that positive outlook right. to continue on. Right. So we may, as Christians, want to roll our eyes at the discipline, but in fact, we should find that cheerful endurance because afterwards, it says, it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so that your limb, which is lame, may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Get yourself together. Because afterwards you're going to get the peaceable fruits of righteousness if you are enduring, cheerfully enduring the discipline of God. And this is where we started, Rick. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We, we got a lot of straightening out to do, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> well, you know, for some of us, Jonathan, it might be straightening it out. Uh, straightening out for others, it might be an overhaul. Okay, <laughs> uh, we speak from experience here. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, so a perspective, and we want to get into the why uh, in a moment, but a perspective through which we can see our trials and afflictions as tools. And, and that's a key. Endurance puts things in perspective. And if you can see your trials and, and afflictions as tools, then all of a sudden they are not the object. They're just the tools of accomplishing the object. That reminds me of the guests we had, our good friend Vicki yes. uh, in here, and her going through that trial of, of, of cancer. Cancer, yeah. And her attitude was, her perspective was, what can I learn from this? How can I glorify God? How can I become more faithful in my Christian walk? How can it and be it a just, tool? It just came out right. from our heart yeah, over it, the airwaves. Yeah, very in a very big way. Second Corinthians four sixteen to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But through our outer man is decaying, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Okay, so it's all good. Even if it doesn't look that way, it's all good. That's what that verse is saying. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Momentary light affliction versus eternal weight of glory. Take your time. <laughs> really, I mean, you think about it, and when you put it in that perspective, everything suddenly looks different. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So it's telling us that just perspective, you've got to understand perspective, and this has a lot to do with the why. Yes, it does. Because it does. if you can understand the why of your trials and difficulties, then suddenly everything it makes, makes more sense. If we can have a long view and a big picture of our endurance, uh, of, of our experiences rather, that's what inspires endurance. Yes. See, yes. you've you got to have the long view and the big picture, and then endurance makes sense. But if you don't have the long view and a big picture, endurance is like, oh, you know, this is just ridiculous stuff. And too often, we, we, we will put something off as, oh, just it's a ridiculous experience versus saying, this is for my ultimate eternal Good, because there's an eternal weight of goodness in this experience. Absolutely. Um, folks, if you have a thought, again, it's 866-985-4255. So, Jonathan, the result of our trials and afflictions, as long as we apply endurance, what's the result? Well, let's look at James one twelve. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Okay. Wow. A crown. Blessed is the man who perseveres. And that word for perseveres is that word for cheerful endurance. There, 
and there's a great why in here of look what is promised right. to us if we do endure properly as we serve the Lord. Yeah, and actually, actually, the, the word here, who perseveres under, is is the word, the root word for endurance, which means to stay under. Stay, that's right. Okay. The stay under. So word, yeah, yeah. I, I just got the words words confused. But the idea is, if you stay under the weight of the hard, hard, hard experience, there is an eternal weight of glory. There's a crown. So that's part of the why. Yes, it is. That's part it of the why. Is you part say, of the okay, why. there's something on the other end, and it's really worth my putting my personal efforts into. Uh, let, let's go to one more scripture before we get to some of the, um, more about figuring out our why. Summing up our endurance through trial and affliction. 1 Corinthians nine twenty four to 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that, after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So, what First Corinthians nine twenty four to 27 is saying is run to, running to win means you know why you're running. Self-control is an outgrowth of knowing and embracing the why. Fighting to win through self-discipline is an intense do-it-now kind of a picture. Right. So there's, a, there's very um, uh, expressive language used in the scriptures to focus us on endurance. And the idea of running in a race or, 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 or fighting as not one who's beating the air but you have an objective – Yep. Th- those are all pictures that say you need that perseverance, that, that cheerful endurance, that willingness to stay under the weight of the experience so you can actually move forward and move up. Rick, you were telling me um, at the break what your why is, what mo- motivates you every day, and I think it's important uh, well, to bring out. You know, and, and for me, the, the, it's important for me, the way my mind works, is, is to have things to go back to that I can hold on to with relative ease. So several years ago, I went through an exercise of working on and trying to develop and trying to verbalize what's the why of my life. Why am I a Christian? Why do I want to be a footstep follower of Christ? Why am I going to or wanting to allow God to direct every single experience of my life? And why do I want to be able to put my own will aside and do the will of God through Christ? And all of that, and I, and I worked on it for several weeks, and I, and I came up with my why. And it's a simple two-word statement, and I repeat this to myself continually. And, and it's simply this. My why is to honor God. That's it. For me, that encapsulates all of the bearing up under trial, all of the endurance and perseverance required of being a Christian. Honor God. If what I'm doing at any point in my life is not fulfilling those two words. I have to ask myself, why am I doing that? And to me, it's a simple wow, way. that's a great gauge. <laughs> well, it is. It's a simple way to put things in a bigger perspective. So, folks, really the question now is, what's your why? This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how do we develop endurance? Coming up, if we are developing endurance, does that mean something like persecution is good for you? Ouch! (laughs) That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. 
Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how do we endure, develop endurance? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. Or you can message us on your app. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. Hey, you know, Jonathan, as you were bringing us back into the program, I thought, well, you know, there's, there's one, for, for some of us, there's, there's an easy way to develop endurance. And, you know, for you, Jonathan, it's to be my friend. It takes a lot of endurance, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's at it again. <laughs> what, are you interrupting me again? <laughs> anyway, we're talking... Having fun, brother. Having fun. We're, we're talking about the utter necessity of endurance in the life of a Christian. So, Jonathan, let's right, right now, let's go to the phones to get started. All right. Well, we have Patricia from St. Louis. Good morning, Patricia, and welcome to Christian Questions. Thank you. Good morning. Morning. My question is, in the midst of trial, in the midst of conflict, when we throw everything, when I throw everything at the Lord's feet, there is a point, and this is my question, how do I discern the, the time, the, the, the point of action as my move-on time, like I'm in the conflict. There, there is a turning point in this conflict, and, I, and sometimes I think I miss it. So, uh, and I know that's discernment, but when I'm in the midst of making decisions of angst and say, where is my turning point? Where do I start to act? And also my why. I wanted to put this in while you're asked, answering my question. My why, uh, why am I a Christian? Why do I follow Jesus? Is he called me. I didn't, I was doing nothing. He called me. He brought me to him. And now my, my big trial is to be able to receive him and to let him be more and more in my life to guide me. I thank you for your answer. All right, Patricia, thank you. Thank you so much for your why. That really thank is you. very powerful. Take care. Okay, let, let's get to, to the answer to that question. But, but I, just about the why first, because what she's saying, I think, is, you know, I was called, and now I must answer that call. Yes. I must live in a way to Daily. answer that call. Yeah. So that brings her to the question of, okay, you have difficulties and trials, and you know you're you're sort of waiting. And when do you take action in these things? When do you move forward, or when do you wait? And she's right. There's a lot of discernment that has to be involved in that. And I think how do you figure out when? A lot of it has to do with I think not only the circumstances but scriptural principle. You know, if we are acting out of reaction, we might need to to pause and consider. You know the. Um, that's emotional. We yes. have to be careful. Yeah, you know, in, in James it says, you know, um, be how's it put? Be quick to, to uh, hear, but slow to speak. Mm-hmm. Be mm-hmm. quick to hear. There's a space. Be slow to speak. Formulate our response based on scriptural principle, based on 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 Jesus-like activity in our lives, rather than just reacting back. Because most of our experiences instill in us the reaction. But see, the reaction doesn't build endurance. What builds endurance is Christ-likeness. So if we can find Christ-likeness and then have our reaction come through the Christ-likeness, it's a whole lot different than just reacting. And sometimes the Lord, if we ask him to show us exactly when to, to make a stand or, or, or move forward, 
he can show us in little ways yes. the timing. But we have to be very sensitive and aware of his providential overrulings. Let's go to our next scripture. Patricia, thanks so much for the call. Very important question. I don't know if we got to it as fully, but we'll, we'll see if we can develop it a little bit more as we go. Hebrews twelve three and 4 is actually a good answer in some ways to her question. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. Who endured. That's the word that means to stay under. Okay, who considered Jesus. He stayed under the hostility of sinners and he didn't react and he allowed himself to be crucified. That was the right way for him to be godly. Mm. And of course, now he is... Uh, you know, at the right hand of the throne of God. So, wherever and whenever there is persecution, it creates, by virtue of its mere presence, a crossroads. And that's kind of like what Patricia was saying. It, it is. We can go down the road of caving into persecution's pressure, or choose the high road of principled endurance. Why? That's what Jesus did. That's exactly Excellent. what Jesus did. Let's go back to to um, chariots of fire. Let's go back to. Um, uh, Eric Little, we're focusing on him, the, 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 the Christian who would not run in the heat for the 100-meter race, and he ended up running in the 400-meter race, which wasn't his primary event, okay? but he ends up running in it. And this is just a little clip uh, when they're getting ready to start the race, and, and you know, he's being himself, he's going and you know, wishing everybody well, <laughs> all of his competitors he's a good guy. <laughs> before, before the race. Let's listen to this. So deal with this guy little coach here problem? No problem. He's a flyer. He's had two races today already. He'll die. Just swing along, you guys, and wait. After three hundred meters, rigor mortis sets in. You'll pull him in on a rope. John Johnson, Canada, number four. Good luck, Sam. Watch out for little. Coach says no problem. He's got something to prove, something personal, something guys like Coach will never understand in a million years. Jackson Schultz was the American who said that. He's got something to prove, something that guys like Coach will never understand. Jackson Schultz understood what motivated Eric Little. And there's more to that story between those two. We'll get into that. But it's, just, it's inspiring. He understood there's something different about this guy. He's not a typical competitor. He's running for a much higher purpose. And again, that really has to do a lot with endurance as, as we develop this. So folks, what's your why? What does it have to do with endurance? We'd love to hear from you at 866-985-4255. First Peter three thirteen to 17 Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. Persecution, therefore, for the right reason, brings blessing. Yes. Now, now again, it's not blessed to be persecuted at the moment, but no. it is blessed to have been persecuted for the sake of Christ, because that's what our why is about. Let's continue. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. See, the secret for blessing from persecution lies in what our deepest focus is seeing. And again, that gets back to Patricia's question. What is our deepest focus looking at? If it is Christ, then we will always be ready to answer. And not just answer, but answer with a spiritual mind. And in a spiritual way. 
through kindness. And that's why it says, but sanctify, set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Set him apart in your heart from all of the other noise and distraction as your centerpiece of focus. And keep a good conscience, so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better, if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right, rather than for doing what is wrong. So, just because we may be able to represent uh, Christ uh, and even win when falsely accused, doesn't mean our conscience is on autopilot. Persecution can spur retaliation if we're not focused. So what this is saying is, even if you know you're being persecuted for something that's that's you're you're right you're good you're you're honest honest you have integrity and all of that and and you're being persecuted like Eric Little was mm-hmm. being persecuted there was immense pressure on him for standing up for what he believed he should or should not do yes and just because you might win does, but if you win doesn't mean you win <laughs> <laughs> it's the attitude that's yes. why it says keep a good conscience sanctify Christ in your heart and to keep a good conscience means that your conscience is focused on Christ not how you feel nice that's really how to develop endurance persecution can often often does come from those who are close to us uh, and again you know persecution means to be pursued for one reason or another to be you know, to, to be to be chased after those who influence um, those who influence it, it, it's, it's important persecution comes from the people around us much more easily than from people that are far away from us Luke 21 16 to 19 tells us this but you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends and they will put some of you to death and you'll be hated by all because of my name yet not a hair of your head will perish by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Okay, by your endurance, by your cheerful endurance, you will gain your lives. So even those who are close to you have the most influence on you. And it's probably the hardest to go exactly. through. Exactly. But that's where the conscience and the endurance needs to shine in a Christian character. Because persecution is difficult, we're constantly reminded of what endurance produces. And again, the words of Jesus, this time Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Jesus in the Beatitudes is saying, if you are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, you're blessed. And one of the whys, your reward is great in heaven if you are faithful. So, but it's if you are faithful. Yes. How, do you be, how, how do you remain faithful? You have to find your why. And remember, your why is something that you, in your head you decide. Then you have to take the why and bring it to your heart. Because if you know something, but your heart's not sold on it, you're not going to stand for it. That's right. But if you know something and your heart is engaged in it and your heart embraces it, then it is a pretty powerful force. And that's what builds endurance. It's knowing and, and, and embracing. Head knowing, embracing heart. heart. It is a fight. Make no mistake about it. Christian endurance is a fight. It's a difficult fight. Our endurance finds its nourishment in the strength of God. Not our own strength. Now, it's in the strength of God. Ephesians six ten through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. So, really what it comes down to is be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. His I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And see here, Jonathan, in this particular scripture, it's talking about the the forces that we're fighting against are not just you know fighting against another person. No, it's much bigger. It is. It talks about these forces in heavenly places, places of authority and power, influence around us. And when you're dealing against faces of a uh, play. Uh, places of authority and power, you know, not only in the spiritual heavens, but within the sort of the, the heavenly realm of, of earth, if you will. Mm-hmm. Authoritative. Uh, Religious. Right. Governmental. governmental yeah, all yeah. of those things. If they are against, standing against what our Christianity is, is supposed to stand for, we have a choice to make. Yes. Are we going to stand in endurance for the sake of Christ? Now, look, you don't go try to make trouble. No, no, of course not. But you stand for it, and when trouble arises, you're willing to stand against the tide. Eric Little, 1924 Olympics, did exactly that. He did not run in that race on Sunday. He stood his ground. He ran the 400 meters race. He was not supposed to be able to do well because that was not his race. Yeah, his time wasn't really that good uh, <laughs> beforehand. Yeah, but uh, you know, in, in, in you know, we'll, we'll develop this. If you haven't seen the movie, look, it's inspiring. I, I know how it ends and I, every time I watch it, I, I'm inspired. of fire. He, he wins the 400 meters and he sets a world record in doing so. How could he do that? How could was he able to not only participate, not only excel, but actually win that physical race? It's because his mind was so set in honoring God that when he was able to stand for what he believed was honoring God, it gave him that extra strength, that extra push, that extra intangible something that's called endurance that helps us to truly overcome. Folks, if we're not on in your area for the second hour, please go to ChristianQuestions.com. Click Listen Live and stay with us. You can go to iTunes, uh, not iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio. And also find WXLM and, and Listen Live. Uh, it's important. There's so much more to talk about in terms of our Christian endurance and our why. Why am I willing to fight such a fight? There's, it's a great, great, great subject. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, how do we develop endurance? Much more to come. We'll be back after the news, but till then... Think about it. is Christian Questions. George F. Kennan once said, Heroism is endurance for one moment more. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And 
Jonathan, we've got a really important and I and I think really inspirational type of topic on the table today. We really do, Rick. And our question this morning is, how do we develop endurance? And our theme text is found in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. So we're talking about endurance. In that scripture, the word for endurance is is actually translated perseverance. And the word for perseverance is often translated patience, and the word actually means... Cheerful endurance. Cheerful. Not just putting up with something. No. But cheerfully enduring something. And that puts a whole different perspective on matters. And and I like to tie the word thankfulness to your heart on that. Thankful to God for helping you to develop where you need growth. See, thankfulness is absolutely a tool of learning how to be cheerful. Yes. If you want to learn to be cheerful in something, well, be thankful. And then if you are truly thankful, the cheerfulness can actually follow it. Nice. So that's a very important aspect. You should have said that in the first hour. I'm sorry. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Look, let's see if we can sum up Christian endurance, you know, just from the first hour. Christian endurance is the ability to withstand hardship and adversity with cheerfulness. It is the practice of standing up under the weight of circumstance, evil, and opposition with an undying hope that is founded and grounded in Christ, his sacrifice and his mission that he gave to us to follow him. Cheerful endurance. Christian endurance needs to be cheerful endurance. And Jonathan, it's a, it's a task. It's a hard task. It takes work. And it's a lifetime event. And that's why endurance is such a, a, an apt description. You know, the, the life of, of following after Christ is, is, is you know, till, till the day that I die. Exactly. And so you've got to commit yourself in a very deep way for that whole period of time. In the first hour, we talked about, you know, what's your why? If you don't know why you need to endure, you're not going to be able to endure. Exactly. You have to know it, and then you have to apply it in your heart. Head to heart. Right. You need both of those, otherwise it doesn't work. Let's go to, uh, quickly to a soundbite, and then we're going to come back to um, a little bit of the, the, more of the whys and a little bit more of a recap of the first hour. This is a soundbite from uh, John MacArthur uh, on, a, on a talk that he gave called The Race of Faith. And it just brings out some of the challenge of Christian endurance. Talking about running a race, the assumptions here is that the, the runner does whatever he needs to do to be in the shape that he needs to be in to endure the race to the very end. It will demand every ounce of energy, and it will demand discipline and training if you're going to run to really win. Amos, Amos said, Woe to them that are at ease. Amos 6.1. Woe to them that are at ease. This is a race. There's no place for standing still or walking slowly. This is... A race, and it is an agony. It is an agonizing, relentless event. Well, that's exciting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> agonizing, relentless event, and, and you know, you you hear that and say, "Wow, you know, is it really worth it?" Well, of course, it's worth it, but that's the part of the, the the life that we have to be willing to accept. Well, Rick, there's a danger if we had the concept of say, once saved, always saved. Mm. It would not motivate us. We'd be complacent. 
lazy or lukewarm. Because you you've already essentially arrived, is that's, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And that there's a danger there. There is, and we so so it's it's a developmental process. Yes. And just like a runner, we've been you know featuring Chariots of Fire, the movie Eric Little, the the Christian who actually won the 400 meters in the 1924 Olympics, and it was a developmental process to stay on course with what was important and to to be able to train. For those Olympics as well. It's a process you ever, ever moving forward. Just quickly from the first hour, Jonathan, two scriptures. You know, we've seen Christian endurance developed in trial and affliction. We talked about that in the first hour, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. So trial and affliction are tools of developing endurance. We've also seen Christian endurance developed through persecution. Uh, John sixteen thirty one to 33. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come, for you will be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone. Because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world, and he can give us the strength to do the same. Not exactly the way he did, right? but he gives us the strength because we put him, sanctify him in our hearts. Folks, we're talking about endurance. We're talking about what is your why to be able to have that Christian endurance. We'd love to hear from you at 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. And that means we're on right now. And if you have a smartphone, don't forget to get your free app at your app store. Just type in Christian Questions and enjoy the whole world of Christian questions on your app. And you can message us through your app if you want to participate in the program. We'll see if we can get your message on the air as well. So, Jonathan, we've talked about different ways to develop endurance. There's another way we haven't talked about yet. And for the rest of our program, we're going to examine this area that truly develops Christian endurance. The deeper we live in this particular area, the deeper our endurance will be. We're talking about loyalty. Loyalty. If you are looking at living a loyal life, you will be living an enduring life. What does loyalty actually mean? Unswerving in allegiance. <laughs> that pretty much says it. Unswerving in allegiance. That takes loyalty. Where there is loyalty, there must by definition be endurance. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 4 to 10. We're going to break this up into pieces. But in everything commending ourselves as servants of God in much endurance, in affliction, in hardships, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger. Now, <laughs> that's loyalty. <laughs> it, it is, but Rick, we live in this country where we don't see a lot yeah, of that yeah, ourselves. Right. But if you look outside of this country, you see these things actually happen. And in prophecy, even this country is going to be a, a victim to these things. Well, and, and the Apostle Paul not only tolerated these things, it says in much endurance, in much cheerful endurance. That's what the word means. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what an attitude. He went through all of those difficult, di difficulties. Why? Not because the economy was bad. He went through those difficulties because he was standing for Christ. That's why he went through those difficulties. Because of loyalty. 
Exactly. And that loyalty provoked him to develop this uncanny endurance that the Apostle Paul developed. Um, so loyalty, the, Paul's loyalty required deep endurance in the really hard areas of his life, and he lists them out. So those were hard areas. Now in verse 6, he completely changes the, 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 the perspective. In purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness, for the right hand and the left. So all of the, the hard stuff was listed out first. And wow. <laughs> <laughs> and now, so now his loyalty required deep endurance in the really blessed areas of life. Previous verse, the really hard areas of life. Here, the loyalty required endurance in the really blessed areas of life to be able to absorb all that goodness and spirituality uh, to be able to pass it on. And see, that's what it was about. No matter what came his way, Good or bad. it was through loyalty and endurance that he was able to not only absorb it, but then to pass it on. And he continues in verse uh, verses 8 through 10. By glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarding as deceivers and yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying yet behold we live, as punished yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. So Paul's loyalty and endurance reveal the manifold deliverances of the one truly devoted to Christ. So you have the hard areas of life, he's there. Yes. The blessed areas of life, he's still there. He's still there. And the manifold deliverances throughout his life, he's still there. There is a great, great sense of the strength of the character that was to follow after Christ and demand loyalty demanded endurance and there's a scripture in revelation that says be thou faithful unto death and you will receive a crown of life he was faithful at every moment of his life to the end and and we should be too unequivocally faithful and see that's the thing that's what endurance is that's where it really truly kicks in and makes such a great great difference in our lives jonathan let's go to uh back to another soundbite from chariots of fire uh this is uh leading up to the olympics so you know we're kind of we're not following the movie chronologically but we're going back to you know he's he's talked into running in a race that he really isn't gonna run but it's in scotland he runs the race and then afterwards on the track he gives a sermon and you know that's what Eric Little was all about. It was about, he just finished the race and he's taking the exhilaration of that moment and trying to draw the people up higher. Let's listen. You came to see a race today, see someone win. Happened to be me. But I want you to do more than just watch a race. I want you to take part in it. I want to compare faith to running in a race. It's hard. Requires concentration of will, energy of soul. You experience elation when the winner breaks the tape. Especially if you've got a bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> but how long does that last? You go home. Maybe your dinner's burnt. Maybe, maybe you haven't got a job. So who am I to say believe, have faith in the face of life's realities? I would like to give you something more permanent, but I can only point the way. And, and so 
you see what he does, and this encapsulates his life. He just did what he's physically capable of doing. He's a gifted athlete, and he trained, and he worked hard, and he was a winning athlete. And he wins the race, and he has the captive audience. And he takes some a few minutes, and he just talks to them about taking what you've just seen and the exhilaration you feel and raising it up to a higher level. In your everyday life, through your everyday experience. Right, and it's about following after Christ. So, so Jonathan, you know, I'd mentioned, you know, my why is to honor God. It's a mm-hmm. simple thing. What's yours? Mine is helping people, and it it has since I was a child. I loved helping people without wanting anything in return, just doing good uh, to others. But as the Lord called me, uh, very much like Patricia, then it became. To bring praise, honor, and glory to my Heavenly Father. Helping others, but honoring Him uh, and giving it all to Him. So that's what motivates me because when I learned that God's plan is to bless all the families of the earth, I mean, I, I love that. Yeah. So I'm in. <laughs> well, and, you know, and the, the interesting thing is that in, in your life, that, that oozes out of you on a regular everyday basis and so you can see that why reflected in in your in 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 your actions and and what you do and how you do it and and so forth so it's important folks it's important to know in your head why and then it's important to take that why that's in your head and embrace it in your heart and you know i've heard i've heard people trying to establish their why you know in in, in terms of all kinds of things and I've actually had the privilege of having conversations with many uh, over several years about, you know, trying to figure out their why. And they would come up with a, with a why. And they'd give me and, – and I'd ask them, well, what is it? And they'd, and they'd give me the sentence or the, the thought or the, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. principle or whatever okay. and say, okay, good. Now, what does that do for you in your heart? And that's where the test would be. If it's something that when, when you, you express it – you you can feel like it's gonna it's gonna well tears up inside of you, or it brings out this enthusiasm and like like when you were talking about your why, Jonathan, your whole body was smiling. <laughs> See, and and that's how you can tell it's genuine. So it can sound really good in your head and say, well, this will be my why, but does it move your heart? Because you can't find Christian endurance unless both of those things are present. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how do we develop endurance? Coming up, how do the scriptures describe the game face of endurance? What was Jesus' game face? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how do we develop endurance? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. Or you can message us on your app. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, we did get a message on the app uh, just a, a moment ago. And it's simple to the point. It says, I love it. All right. <laughs> okay, so there you go. <laughs> you can actually say a little bit more if you want on the app. But I love it is good. We'll take it. And we Absolutely. we appreciate hearing from you in any way. It really does mean a lot to us uh, when we hear, hear from you. So, Rick, Game Face of Endurance. What's it look like? 
a game face. Everybody understands, you know, when you put your game face on, you're serious now. It's about, okay, here it is, the competition is here, or whatever it is, and I've got to be ready. And there's that, that focus and that intensity. Jesus himself, through prophecy, shows us the game face of endurance. And this is interesting, because a lot of times you can look at the Old Testament prophecies of Jesus and get a sense into his character and what was, what was going on. And this, I believe, describes his game face. Isaiah 50, verses 5 through 9. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. I gave my back to those who strike me, and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. So God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient, and it really cost me. Whoa. Okay, so... And he stood there and took it. Exactly. He stood there and took it. And it's interesting because in this verse it says, you know, I gave, you know, my, my, my back to those who strike and so forth, and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. Now, what is that about? Let, quick comment here from Albert Barnes on that. To pluck out the hair or the beard. To do this was to offer the highest insult that could be imagined among the Orientals. The beard is suffered to grow long and is regarded as a mark of honor. Nothing is regarded as more infamous than to cut off or to pluck it out. So what the this the prophecy is saying is Jesus subjected himself to the greatest of insults. Well, Rick, what about uh, those of us uh, which can't grow a beard, and even my middle name being Harry, it's definitely, <laughs> it doesn't, it's not the doesn't case. It <laughs> now, when you were young, you had an awesome beard, I remember. Well, I did. Uh, I did have a beard. Yes, I did. And <laughs> <laughs> Nobody plucked it out. So no, I, I honor, shaved, no honor for me. <laughs> <laughs> I shaved it off uh, of my own free will. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know where that came from. All right, let's go back now. Jesus game, game face, Jonathan. All game right, face. back okay. to the game face. Jesus game face, verse 7, Isaiah 50, verse 7. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. There's the game face. I have set my face like flint. In whatever dishonor man can give, there's no disgrace uh, for a God-honoring life. Therefore I will set my direction to an unalterable course. Set my face like flint, like stone. Wow. When you say something is cast in stone, can't be moved. It can't be moved. I have set my face like flint is saying there is no movement away from what is most important here. He who vindicates me is near. He will contend with me. Let us stand up to each other. Who has a case against me? Let him draw near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who is he who condemns me? Behold, they will all wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them. So in this prophecy, this picture of Jesus is saying all falsehood, no matter how powerful, cannot stand against eternal truth and righteousness. Be right and have integrity and everything will fall apart around you. And set your face like flint, like stone. Be so thoroughly convicted. And you, it, to do that for, through your wise, by your head... And your heart. And your heart. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't be convicted. Eric Little was an individual, 1924 Olympics, who was convicted by his Christianity, stood up against the pressure of the world, and was an overcomer. But he had that game face on. Yes. And let, let's go back to his, uh, the, he's given, the, the last soundbite was he giving a sermon on, on the track after he won a race. This is before the Olympics. Just a little bit more from that particular sermon, uh, because it's just, it's inspiring to hear the focus 
of him trying to draw others up to a level of realizing Jesus. I have no formula for winning the race. Everyone runs in our own way, or his own way. Then where does the power come from to see the race to its end? From within. Jesus said, Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. If with all your hearts you truly seek me, you shall ever surely find me. If you commit yourself to the love of Christ, then that is how you run a straight race. So, he's got this sense of using what he has in terms of raw physical talent to draw people to a higher way. Spiritually. So, and that's a really good example that is. of how we should live our lives. We should take our physical, personal talents and abilities and use them for the sake of bringing glory to God. That's what it was for. Eric ran not to win so people could clap for him. He ran because his running could bring people to see God more clearly. And what? And he actually lived that. And you know, Jonathan, after the, the 1924 Olympics, a year later... He went back to the uh, to the missionary work. He went back to China uh, and engaged in missionary work, and he died in an internment camp in China in 1945, serving wow. God. So he actually lived what he said. He ran the race. He he received the accolades. He gave praise and honor to God, and then he went about the rest of his business. For him, the race wasn't the end result. It was merely a stepping stone in his honoring God in his life. what And that's Chariots of Fire. Rent the movie. Yes. It yes. is such a wonderful story of great and deep inspiration. Um, let, let's get back to, folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about what's your why? What makes you tick in terms of your Christianity? And what is, how does endurance apply in your life? It's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now. And the conversation continues online at ChristianQuestions.com. Contact us there with your questions or comments. Also, interact with us on our Facebook, and you can tweet us at CQ Net Radio. So, we're talking about the game face. You know, and, and, and the, the prophecy in Isaiah said, set your face like a flint, like stone. Be strong, be firm in your conviction. The many faces of endurance, Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 2 through 7. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. So one of the faces of endurance, the apostle says, is the face of a soldier. Mm -hmm. He's saying the face of a soldier is the face of one sworn to duty for a cause that he is willing to die for. Well, shouldn't that be our cause? So... The face of a soldier. Remember, you, you have lots of illustrations that help us to focus. Yes. So the soldier is one. But the apostle doesn't stop there. Now, he's writing to Timothy. Uh, so he talks about the face of a soldier. And then he goes on to, to give them another example. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. So, again, another face of endurance is the face of an athlete. Yes. The face of an athlete is the face of discipline 
and focus. It's the face of training to compete and to win. That's another example. That's another way to find your why. If you can see it through the, the eyes of a soldier, okay, that's good. That's a good place to go. If you can see it through the eyes of an athlete, good. That's a good place to go. You see the same kind of thing. It's that face like flint, like stone set on some kind of objective. Now, in, in the first example, you're willing to die for it. The second is you're willing to train for it. Mm-hmm. And the apostle continues. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So it's interesting. In in this verse, these verses in Second Timothy chapter 2, he's using these different examples to draw Timothy to focus him on, on higher life. The face of the farmer is not the face of one sworn to duty or the face of discipline and focus, but it's the face of patience. It is. Knowledge, hard work, and consistency. Being steady throughout the whole year of planting. And, and, and it's a face of compassion. Yes. So when you add these three faces together, you get a very well-rounded view of what it takes to truly have loyalty and therefore develop Christian endurance. And remember, endurance is cheerful endurance. It's not just putting up with things. It's embracing them. You know, and, and just one, one quick thought about that. Well, I've got a lot of thoughts, but I'm going to try to be quick. Um, <laughs> you know, my son, Tim, is in the Coast Guard. Yes. And um, he's gone through, not only with boot camp, but uh, with the kind of work that he does in the Coast Guard now, he's gone through a lot of very, very serious, heavy, heavy-duty training. Okay. And part of the training process, he and I have talked about it many, many times. And one of the things he would tell me is, you know, you're asked to do things that are just physically agonizing. I mean, it's just physically, it's torturous physically. And, he, and I said, you know, well, what do you do? He said, and he looked at me square in the eye and he said, you embrace the pain. Because if you fight it, it hurts more. Wow. If you embrace it and you make it part of it because you realize that th- the only way to get through it is to embrace it. That's, that's part. huge. That's endurance. That is. That's endurance. And when, you, when we apply that for the sake of Christ, you're embracing the pain, not for, to, so you can do a specific job, but you're, so you're doing it so you can glorify God through Christ. That's a big, big, big end result. Yes. And, <laughs> and you feel the embrace of our Lord going through it. Yes. Absolutely, positively do. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. And that means we're on right now. Out from the dark ages and into the light of today, join us 24-7 at ChristianQuestions.com. And, you know, Jonathan, in terms of your of, of our why, you know, you know, you've talked about yours and I've talked about my why and about honoring God. You know, honoring God doesn't mean that I, I don't spend moments and times in life where I do other things. Right. There are times when honoring God means I, I'm playing with my grandson. Sure. And I'm, and I'm focused entirely on him. Boy, and that's a fun time, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> there are no better things than grandchildren, I'll tell you. You know, sometimes... Honoring God is, is, is spending time with and going out, going out to dinner with my wife. Just, those are things that are important parts of our whole lives. And we need to be responsible and caring and compassionate with all parts of our lives and mold them all into a picture that just overall honors God. And so for me, and that's, that's the release. When, when I know that I need to spend time with my grandson or do this, sometimes it's just taking time off. I can literally realize that, okay, it's been a good day, worked hard, 
time to take some time off for a couple hours and I can just turn it off and really enjoy the time off. And that honors God because then I come back with a vengeance. <laughs> you know, that's part nice. of the process. Nice. So we're talking about a game face. So sometimes the game face is a face of fun and, you know, and, 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 and leisure even. You don't make that, you know, your, your, your primary focus, cause, right? <laughs> but that's part of life. Now the face of the Apostle Paul, the face of loyalty, example, hardship, and victory. Second Timothy chapter uh, 2, we skip down to verses 10 to 13. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. Loyalty to God and the brotherhood. That's what he's saying. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Our endurance can only breed victory if we keep it focused on God above. Rick, how about our example um, to those around us, those fellow sh- soldiers that are walking in Christ? If, if we show that endurance, can that help them, encourage them? That's a huge, huge thing. And, and, and that's part of why I think Christianity is modeled after a body, you know, the body of Christ, because one supports the other. And if you are in a position where what you are doing can be an inspiration, then good. Let it be the inspiration. Don't be shy about letting it be the inspiration. Now, don't get all excited about yourself and say, hey, 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 just look at me, will no, you? No. It's a matter of honoring God. And hopefully it'll lift them up, build them up right. to want to strive stronger themselves. Well, you know, and, and one of the things, Jonathan, that, that we have the real, real distinct privilege of is hearing from many, many listeners uh, in all different areas of the country and the world who, who write in and, and, you know, mention how, how the program has affected them and how it's, in many cases, changed their lives, changed the ways they, they look at Scripture and, and given them peace. That's been a, 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 a theme that I've heard from several listeners recently is, is, you know, I'm finally finding peace. And that's an inspiration. And that's a wonderful thing. And that's why this all happens. So it's a great example of taking what you've been given and giving it to others. And now look, somebody can look at it and say, well, geez, I can't do that, so you know, what good am I? No, 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 no. What's in your hand? It's not what's in my hand that counts. We're all so unique and right. different. What's in your hand? What can you do within your talents and abilities to bring honor and praise to God? Apply endurance and go for it. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how do we develop endurance? Coming up. Okay, so we need endurance. Where do we find the strength to get it? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how do we develop endurance? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. Or you can message us on your app. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. All right. So, Jonathan, at the end of the last segment, you asked the question, okay, so we need endurance 
Where do you find the strength to get it? Well, there's lots of really good places to find that strength. First, you've got to look around you. Let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So look around you. What the apostle is saying is, look at this cloud of witnesses that he had talked about in Hebrews chapter 11. And Rick, this is talking about the Old Testament, friends of God, prophets of old, all of those of inspiration of faith. We're, we're to look at them. And that's why Christianity needs the Old Testament yeah, really. to build strength from to add it to the new. And think about it. Those are the people that would have inspired Jesus. <laughs> so, Say no more. <laughs> so Jesus read and looked at and knew the Old Testament and he knew the characters and all of the prophecies. We too should do the same. Yes. So we have examples of the ancients to show us overcoming in so many difficult circumstances. Now verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So you've got the big picture, the Old Testament cloud of witnesses. Yes. Uh, we have the examples uh, of Jesus now, the writer, the, the originator of our faith, our Christian faith, and it, and it lists out several things that he did. And he embraced the joy of God before him. Okay, so he embraced it even though it meant a lot of difficulty. And this joy carried him through the uh, the horror of the cross. And make no mistake, there was horror at the cross. Crucifixion is a horror for anybody at any time. And Jesus carried this joy through that horror. And this joy made light of the utter human shame put upon him. And he was shamed and shamed and shamed. But the joy carried him through. See, that's the loyalty... That's the endurance. Because the joy delivered him to the right hand of the throne of God. So that's where he ended up as a result of applying this incredible depth of joy through in, in, uh, in endurance, through the loyalty. He was loyal to God the Father, period. Cheerful endurance, there as was, we should do. He had no other option in his heart and in his mind except to give honor and praise to the Father. And that's what brought him to where... That's what endurance is. It's having it set in your head, having it embraced in your heart, and then setting your face like flint and moving forward. You know, you've got to look up. Help from above is, 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 is where we can get our help from. Yes. Let's go back to uh, one final soundbite of, of Eric Little. Uh, this is from the sermon he's giving on the Sunday when he's supposed to be running. Now, technically, he might not have given this sermon on that particular Sunday, but it is a fact that he did give a sermon during the 1924 Olympics while the games were going on because that's what was important to him. So let's just listen a little bit more to Eric Little. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no strength. He increaseth might. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint.
that's just pure inspiration. Oh, that, it is. And you know, when you when you see it, uh, and you see what he did and how he did it, it really, really is 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 phenomenal. You know, one other aspect of that story, Jonathan, that's in the movie, and that is absolutely true. I mentioned Jackson Schultz is one of the American runners yes. that he ran against in the four hundred meters. And uh, Jackson Schultz, for whatever reason, understood Eric Little in a way that others didn't. And before the race, and this is true, before the race, and it's well depicted in the movie, Schultz walks up to Eric Little and he hands him a piece of paper. And so Eric opens up the piece of paper, and it's a scripture from Psalms, and it says, Him who honors God, God will honor. And, Whoa, this is an American yes, doing this yeah. to, to a Brit? Yes. Okay. And he takes that paper and he holds it in his hand. And he runs to victory with that scripture in hand. Oh, that is inspirational. <laughs> it wow. is. It is. And it just gives you a sense of the depth of his focus on doing what would honor God and how it was reflected to others. Most couldn't understand it. Most looked at him and said, you're a fool. You could have been the fastest man in the world because the winner of the 100 meters is always considered, quote, the fastest man right, in the world. Right, right. And he had been, he had beaten uh, Harold Abrahams in that race before. That's right, the, to, to qualify right. for the Olympics, yes. But he chose to take what the world would have considered a lesser path that he should not have been able to win, and he did win. Wow. And he won. Part of the reason he won was because he was able to, when he, when he ran that race, he was on the outside lane. So he's ahead of everyone. Right, because they, they're, they stagger them at the it's start. On a circle. And yeah, yeah. he didn't have a lot of experience running that race, so he ran it at a full sprint because he couldn't see anybody. <laughs> he had no sense for wow. pace. Wow. And that's how he set a world record. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, really, it is an incredible story, folks. You've got to see it. Chariots of Fire, movie from 1981. Let's go back to the verses that he was talking about in that because they're very, very inspirational. Isaiah 40, 26 to 31. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their host by number, he calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Okay, so the first point, and again, we're in Isaiah 40, we're going to take these verses, you know, piece by piece by piece. The first point is look up to him who is truly mighty and acknowledge his power and his wisdom. You know, where do we find the strength? That was the question at the beginning of the segment. There's the inspiration. Right. Look up. So we started out by looking around and looking at the previous examples. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had mentioned in the end of the last segment, our example one to another. Right. That's another help. But really, this is saying, look up. That's where the true strength actually comes from. Everything else is a reflection of that true strength. Good point. But that's the source of the true strength. So Isaiah chapter 40 is really focusing us on looking up. Um, just another quick point from, from, the, from the life of uh, Eric Little uh, that I just is, is inspirational. I, I watched a documentary on, on the movie, uh-huh. and it's, his style of running was really weird. It was almost, it was just, it didn't look like there was discipline in his physical presence. Right. And he would run, and his face would turn back, and he'd look to heaven. When he would run. And his arms would be flailing. Flailing all over, but he'd look to heaven. And that was part of the way he would present himself. So, look up. Verse 27 and 28 of Isaiah 40. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. 
So here you've got this, this, this second point is realize that his understanding, God's understanding, God's way, God's endurance are eternal. Uh, you know, it's a matter of knowing the source of your ultimate strength and that his ways, his thinking, his plan, all about him, you got nothing to worry about. Jesus was the reflection of, right. of that. Right, right. There is no, there is no uh, discrepancy in the approach of God. There's no discrepancy in his character. It says, you know, he changes not. Yes. He doesn't change his mind. He's not arbitrary like a human being. He's far above. So how do you find endurance as a Christian? You look up and you realize that the ultimate source of all of our strength and all of our endurance comes through being loyal to God in heaven who shows us how to do all of these things and then gives us Jesus as a reflection of that. So now we, we get down to the part of the scripture in, in Isaiah chapter 40 that so many people are actually familiar with, you know, about the wings of the eagles and so forth. There's a lot to this part of, of, of the scripture. So let, let's take a look at this now. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 and, 29 and 30, I'm sorry. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. So, this is really interesting because it says, you know, God, and it's, remember it said look up because he's the source of eternal strength and endurance. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it, and it uses endurance in the scripture. So it says, you know, he gives strength to the weary, and to those who lack might, he increases their power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. He's talking about warriors, and he's saying, you can take the best of the best of humanity and put them to the test. And you know what's going to happen? They'll stumble badly? They will. Eventually, they're going to stumble because eventually they're going to get tired. Eventually, they're going to run out of energy. Eventually, they're going to begin to feel like they, they don't have enough in them to, uh, to, to, continue, to, to continue to build toward whatever it is. But God is not in that category. And folks, just so you know, the music that's uh, in the background is the is Eric's theme from the movie Chariots of Fire. And I just figured we had to play it because it's just so inspirational. Yes. So, young men will stumble badly. God does not. So, the third point is believe that he is an endless power source compared to those in the prime of life and to those who are mighty in the eyes of men. God opens us up to spiritual endurance. Verse 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Now, here's an interesting phrase in this particular verse. It says, they that wait upon the Lord will gain new New strength." strength. Yes, new strength. So, what it's saying is, you're not getting your old strength renewed. You're getting new strength. Where does it come from? God. It comes from above. So the key to finding endurance is through our loyalty and getting the strength from God and not using what we consider to be our own strength. So the fourth point here um, is trade in your old source of strength. Trade it in. Put on his strength. Put on his endurance. For it's only then that we can mount up with wings and not be weary. And Jonathan, if that's not inspirational, I don't know what is. 
Absolutely. <laughs> you know, there, it's just there's there's so much to this in finding the endurance to truly be a footstep follower of Christ. One last scripture, Jonathan, before we close. But in all things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why is that? It's because the strength that we are running with, that we should be running with as true footstep followers of Christ is not ours. See, all of those things that you mentioned in that Romans 8 scripture, those can separate us from God and Christ. If we're working with our own strength, endurance means having your loyalty set above and that loyalty that is set above being put in a position where it inspires us to rise above because our strength is now coming from a different source. Yes. And because of that, nothing, nothing would be able to separate us from the love of Christ. Folks, hope you've enjoyed being with us today. It's truly been an honor to talk to you about the development of Christian endurance, cheerful endurance in our lives so that we can truly understand what our why is. And remember, the why has got to come from your head and be embraced by your heart so you can stand firm, set your face like flint, and walk the walk of Jesus and run the race of the high calling. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, till next week. How do we develop endurance, faith, hope, and love? Till next week, think about it.